God is preparing incredible blessings for you in heaven. And He'll bless you here. Yes, He will. But it's in heaven. That's when you're going to get your big payoff. This world is not your home. Open your Bible, please, to 1 Chronicles chapter number 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. You know, it was a pretty big day for all of Israel. It was a great day, in fact, when King David brought the Ark of God up to the city of Jerusalem. It was a major victory. And not just for King David, but for all Israel. Now, the Ark of God was a wooden box that was covered in pure gold. Inside the box was a copy of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> the originals, let's say that. On top of the box were these two golden angels that faced each other. And this was called the Ark of God. And it represented, it symbolized the presence of God. Often, the cloud of God's glory, the Shekinah cloud would be hovering above the Ark. And so this was a, a very very important day. God has always wanted to be close to His people. That is the heart of God. I, I really sorry, but I, I feel sorry for people who are chained to a religion that God is just someone way out there that they'll never get to know. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people in the world who are in bondage to this type of belief and religion. The truth be known, there's only one God, one Creator. And he longs to be close to his people. And because God chose back then, because God chose the city of Jerusalem to be the capital city of all Israel, it was appropriate, it was fitting that the ark of God should be brought up to this capital city of Jerusalem. And so it was a big day to say the least. There was a lot of singing. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of ceremonies. And after the ceremonies, I want you to see that King David blessed God's people. Now in chapter 16, <clears throat> verse 3, actually verse 2, the end of the verse says, He blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Verse 3, And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one, three things, a loaf of bread, and a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. You might say, what's a flagon? Well, it's a, don't bother with it. You'll never get into that stuff anyhow. <laughs> but it was like a, a container, a sort of a bottle, that sort of thing. Now, this is the month of May. And this month has been a very happy month for our church. We've taken the theme, uh, come and see. Come to the five Sunday mornings and see what God will do in your heart. And I hope that this is ringing true for some of you. That you're, you're taking us up on the challenge and you're here every Sunday morning and you're, you're already starting to see the benefit of what God is doing in your heart. The month of May, we've taken the name May and we've incorporated that into each of the five Sundays. The first Sunday of May, we said, May the Lord be praised. And we concentrated on praising the Lord. The second Sunday was Mother's Day, so we said, May the mothers be honored. The third Sunday, which was last Sunday, we said, May the children flourish. How many were here and you saw that presentation of the children and, and singing the crayon? Wasn't that something? Wow, that was really something to watch the, the kids. And now today is the fourth 
Sunday of May. And the theme is, May the people be blessed. And we're going to bless you today. I'm so glad you've come to the house of the Lord today. We're going to bless you today. Before we go any further, I think we should have a word of prayer, don't you? Heavenly Father, we thank you that all of the blessings in our lives really come from your good hand. You are the giver of good things. The Bible says that. Father, help us to learn from your generosity so that we can be kind and good and we can bless others around us. Help us not to hold too tight the things of this world. Our Father, we do ask again that you would increase our faith and our love for you. Increase our ability to see the invisible and to understand the great things of God today. Bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, contrary to what some people might think about God, God really does love His people. God really does want to bless His his people. He blesses all people all over the world, but in particular, He blesses His own children. Now, this is an important truth, and it's important we understand the distinction. Not everyone in the whole world is part of God's family. Yes, every human being is, we could say, a creation of God. And God is interested in all His creation. There's not a person born anywhere in the earth. Anywhere from the most developed city to the most underdeveloped armpit of the world. Wherever that might be. Wherever there are people, God is interested. God has has a love for people. He tells us that. For God so loved the world. That's everyone that he gave his only begotten son. But it's important that we understand that there are people and then there are God's children. God's children are simply people who have understood that there's a heaven above and a hell below. They've understood that God came to this earth and his name was Jesus. And he died on a cross paying what we owe in hell. If he didn't do it, we'd all end up in hell. There's no way that anyone can atone for their own sin. Listen, how many pins does it take to pop a balloon? What do you think? Just the one, right? How many sins did Adam and Eve commit to get kicked out of the Garden of Eden? How many sins? Just one. (laughs) Let's be honest. We've done way more than one. We've had evil thoughts, we've disobeyed, we've made promises and broken them, we've said nasty things to people, even people we love. That's just the beginning of sin. We're born in the stuff. We breathe it, we live it. We're creatures of dust, we're creatures of sin. That's us. Sinners cannot go to heaven. Sinners have to go to the place where they they have to start paying for their sin, and that's called hell. And hell is a terrible place. Very real place. Heaven is a very real place too. And God knew, right from the beginning, He knew that no man, no woman, no person can atone for their own sin. 
And so that's why he came to earth. Some people have the idea that if they can do enough good works, they'll get to heaven. If that were true, my friend, well, we would need to know what kind of good works. We would need to know how many good works. You see, but we don't know those, do we? We're always left in the dark with questions. Have I done enough good works? So many people labor under that illusion. It only took one sin to get our original parents kicked out of the Garden of Eden and we are their children, born and bred in sin. That's all we know. We deserve to go to hell, not to heaven, but God in His love and mercy. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus came, God in the flesh, He died for my sin, for your sin, for the sin of the whole world. How did He do it? Listen, there are some things that only God can do. And this is one of them. 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross for your sin and mine. He had us in his mind when he was dying, paying for what we owe in hell. Then he gave up his life. He died, was buried, and rose again the third day. We serve a risen Savior, folks. He's not some dead hero. He's alive. He is alive. No other founder of a world religion has ever died and come back from the, from the dead. It hasn't happened. We serve a living, risen Savior. And He's knocking on hearts' doors. And that's how ordinary people become God's people. Is they've decided, okay, I've made a mess of my life. My sin has taken me anywhere but close to God. It's just made matters worse. I can't fix myself. I can't heal myself. Lord Jesus, would you... Come into my heart. Would you forgive me all my sin? Would you be my Lord, my Savior? Take me to heaven one day when I die. And when we open the door of our heart, according to the promise of Jesus, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. A Christian is not someone who goes to church, reads the Bible, gets baptized. That's not a Christian. That's maybe what a Christian does. But a Christian is someone who has Christ himself inside the heart. Any man, woman, or young person that has Jesus Christ actually inside them is a born-again Christian. Jesus used that word born again. That's a good term. That's a good, a good expression, born again. We've all been born physically, right? We need to be born again spiritually. As far as I can tell, most of us have done that. So many still have not yet done that. But when we're born again, now God has an extra special invested interest in us because now we're his children. He can call us son or daughter. We can call him father. We have a family relationship with God. Jesus is now our savior. He's also our big brother, if you would, in a you know, in a good sense, that term big brother was used in novels and things to mean something bad. But, I mean, he's a good big brother, a loving Savior. It's wonderful to be part of the family of God. I hope that you can look back in your heart and remember when it was that you were born again. You know my story. For me, it was on a Sunday, April the 6th, 1975, over 47 years ago that I repented of my sin and trusted Jesus Christ. Listen, if you're here today and you've never been born again, you can fix that. Today can be your happy day. You can receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Isn't that good news? 
You don't have to be separated from God. You don't have to go on living in wonderment and question marks, afraid to die. It's wonderful to be part of God's family. Okay, now let's get back here to this business of God blessing His children. It's important that we understand something about this idea of God blessing His children. The word bless simply means to make full and rich and happy. That's what the word bless means. And the blessing of God's people really goes back to the love and the compassion of Almighty God. God loves to give good gifts to His born-again ones, to His children. In James chapter 1, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God, He doesn't change. He's not one way one day, another way another day. Not like some of us. Some of us, you know, we need three cups of coffee, right? Before anyone can even talk to us. God's not like that. Aren't you glad? He's so wonderful and perfect and He doesn't change. He's the same. I, I so love that. I so love that about Him because if He ever could change, He could change His opinion about me one day. He could change His opinion about you and He could just decide, ah, I've had enough of it. Gabriel, collect them all up, throw them into hell. Let's start all over. God doesn't change. Aren't you glad? Yes, I'm glad. And when he forgives sin, it's forgiven. He doesn't reach down and say, hey, remember this, remember this, remember what you did here, what you said there, remember that? He doesn't do that. And when he forgives, he forgets. He does it because he can, he can do it. He's God. And I'm so glad. But God is a giver of good gifts. Now it's possible that you're here today or watching online and you've never been born again, but yet you're saying to yourself, I have been the recipients of God's goodness. God has blessed me. I've got this and I've got that. And listen, that's true. You're absolutely right. It's true. But just because God is blessing you, it doesn't mean you're part of his family. Because God blesses all people. You know, over in Russia is Mr. Putin. And Mr. Putin has declared... In my opinion, a very uncalled for, ungodly war against the people of Ukraine. My opinion, but I'm not alone in that opinion. God is the one who keeps Mr. Putin alive. Keeps his heart beating. Keeps him in good enough health. Say, why would God do that? Because God is good. He's not like us. If we were God for a day... The worst horror movie you've ever seen won't compare to what's going to be left on earth after your day is done. Boy, if I were God for a day, whew, I'm glad you're not. Boy, I'm glad that God has the job of being God and no one else. Amen. But God is a giver. He's a giver of good gifts. Listen, take your Bible, turn to the left, go to the book of Deuteronomy. And I want you to go to chapter 28. Deuteronomy, 5th book of the Old Testament, chapter 28. Let's see. Look at this with me. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Look how God wants to bless His people. Verse 2. 
And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kind. Those are cows and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain, unto thy land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail and thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath beneath if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God which I command thee this day to observe and to do them do you get the idea that God wants to bless his people God wouldn't have said that if he's not interested in blessing his people. May I remind you that God really loves you. He really wants to bless you. And call to mind these blessings. God gives the blessings of life and health and joy and peace. He gives food and drink and clothing. He gives families and jobs. He gives homes He gives us cars and gas for our cars. He gives purpose in life. He gives forgiveness of sins. He gives salvation. He gives us the Bible. He gives us the blessed Holy Spirit. He gives us brothers and sisters to fellowship with. And listen, that's just to name a few of the blessings here on earth. We don't even know a speck of the blessings He's got laid up for us in heaven. We are of all people most blessed. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God is preparing incredible blessings for you in heaven. And he'll bless you here. Yes, he will. But it's in heaven. That's when you're going to get your big payoff. This world is not your home. This world is not all there is. You're going to spend the shortest amount of your eternity is going to be spent right here, right now. Whether you live to be 50 years or 150 years, this is going to be the shortest bit of your eternity is right here, right now. This is not all there is, folks. There is way, way, way more that God has planned for you. But God wants to bless his people on earth. When we bless God's people, when we bless someone else, God sees it, God hears it, God is happy. You say, how do we know that? Pastor, how do we know that? 
I'll show you if you would turn to the right. Go back to Chronicles. Only this time go to 2 Chronicles. So 2 Chronicles chapter 30. Well, you've got to turn a lot of pages to get there. 2 Chronicles chapter 30. All right. 2 Chronicles chapter number 30. It's a story about King Hezekiah. And I want you to see what it says. 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 24. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, did give to the congregation a thousand bullocks and seven thousand sheep. And the princes gave to the congregation a thousand bullocks and ten thousand sheep. And a great number of priests sanctified themselves. And all the congregation of Judah with the priests and the Levites and all the congregation that came out of Israel and the strangers that came out of the land of Israel and that dwelt in Judah rejoiced. Verse 26, So there was great joy in Jerusalem, for since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. Then the priests and Levites arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard. Here we go. Their voice was heard, and their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even unto heaven. That's how we know. When you bless someone else, God sees it, God hears it, God is happy. It's important that we be like God in that He blesses people. We also need to bless people. We need to follow the example of our Heavenly Father. In this passage, King Hezekiah was actually following the example of King David back in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. That's where we began today. And Hezekiah blessed God's people with abundance. The princes blessed them. The priests stood up and blessed the people. And their prayers came up to God in heaven. And as the Lord, listen to this, as the Lord blessed His people in King Hezekiah's day, the people themselves took it upon themselves to bless the priests, the guys in the ministry. Because up till then, some of them even lacked food. Now, you're in chapter 30. Look at verse chapter 31. And verse 10. I want you to see this. Chapter 31, verse 10. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him and said, answered the king, and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had plenty to eat. <laughs> there are some happy priests. They get to eat. And have left plenty, for the Lord hath blessed his people. You see that? God blessed His people. Did you know that I pray for you every day that God would bless you? Did you know that every day I get on my face and I pray to God that He would bless you with joy and peace and health and protection and make you prosperous and prosper your cash flow and bless your families and give you wisdom in abundance? Did you know that I pray that way for you every single day? Because as you prosper and as you have abundance then you have more ability to share some of your blessing and bless others like missionaries. We take on the support of more missionaries. We just took another one on. We got more coming. How can we do this? As God blesses His people. 
then we're able to bless the missionaries and take on the support of more missionaries. And when God sees that, He loves it. And He blesses our church all the more and blesses our families and people who take part in the faith promise supporting missionaries. That's why everyone, everyone, everyone should be involved with missions somehow. Whether you give a little or whether you give a lot. Be involved. Get, get in the game. Be part of it. God's blessing is on missions. That's absolutely for sure. Listen, Jesus, when he was on earth, he would often bless the people. And I want you to see that. Go to the New Testament, please. The Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That's an easy one. Chapter number 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Do you remember the story in the New Testament about the little boy's lunch? You remember that? And he gave it to Jesus. So there's a little boy trying to be a blessing to Jesus. Jesus took that and used it to bless the people. So if you look in chapter 6, verse number 10. Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Pause for a minute. This is just the men. Besides that, there'd be women and children. There could have been 10,000 people. But there were 5,000 hungry men at least. Verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. It wasn't a stingy miracle, was it? It was an abundant miracle. Did you know that Jesus can afford to be generous? How many believe that? Raise your hand. Jesus can afford to be generous. That's almost every hand raised. But did you know that if you're born again, if you're part of God's family, Jesus is your Savior, you also can afford to be generous. You say, how's that? That's the very promise of God. In Luke 6.38, Jesus told us, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, uh, I'm messing up the words there, running over, <laughs> shall men give into your bosoms. You can read it for yourself. It's Luke 6.38. But that's the promise of Jesus, God in the flesh. That's his promise. We can afford to be a little bit generous because God will bless that right back to us. This is something that I've learned over the years I don't have to be stingy. I can be generous. I can afford to be generous with this man, that lady, that young person. I can afford to do it. It's no skin off my nose. Because as I give, God sees to it that others give to me. Well, that's his promise anyhow. That's his promise. The early church knew the blessings of God. Turn a few pages to the right. You'll see the book of Acts. Go to Acts and chapter number 2. Acts chapter 2. And we'll pick up the story in verse 44. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily 
such as should be saved. Here we see the early church enjoying the blessings and generosity of God. And you see they were generous with each other, which caused God to be more generous with them. We need to do the same thing. We need to learn to be more generous with others around us. You can afford to be generous with your time. You can afford to be generous with your talents, the things that you're able to do. And you can afford to be generous with your treasures. Now, we're not saying to give to, give away all of your time and all of your talents and all your treasures. We're not saying that at all. But you can afford to be a little bit generous. Start with being a little bit generous. You never know how God will bless you. He sure did to a Christian businessman named R.G. Letourneau. And R.G. Letourneau was just a normal Christian man. Nothing special about him. But he made, a, he made a covenant between himself and God. And the agreement he made was, God, I'm a businessman. And my promise to you is, everything you bless me with, I'm going to give, it, give you 10% back. And so God started blessing him. And so he, he would keep the 90%. He would give back to God 10%. God continued to bless him. He had abundance. He didn't need 90. He so he kept 80 and he gave back 20. This is a true story of R.G. Letourneau. You can look it up later. God continued to bless him. He didn't need 80. He kept 70. That was more than enough. And he gave God 30. As time went on, 70 was too much. He kept 60 and gave God 40. Can anyone see where this is going? Near the end of his life, R.G. Letourneau was keeping 10%, which was more than enough. And he was giving 90% of his income back to God, supporting missionaries and doing incredible things around the world with that money. That's how R.G. Letourneau went home to heaven. Great victory and glory. He was not a poor man by any stretch. And he was actually, at the end, he was living on even less than 10%. Because even less than 10% was still more money coming in than he even had need. And he was giving it all to God. Now that's one man. I don't think God calls every man to do that. But God calls every man in Christ. He calls every man to be a little bit generous. To be like him. God is very generous and he loves to bless his people. Okay, we've got to conclude this. We can see that God really does love his people. We can see that God wants to bless his people. And there are two ways we've found that God will bless his people. Number one is directly. There's things that God will give you directly. They'll just come out of the blue from no apparent source. Then there are things God will bless you with that he'll use other people. And he'll give them to you through other people. God will lay it on their heart to do that. God loves to bless his people. We saw in 2 Chronicles that God used King Hezekiah's gifts and the prayers of the priests to bless the people. And so today, Grace Baptist Church is going to bless everyone that's come to church with some gifts. Before we bless you with gifts, I want to pray a blessing on you. It's not often we do this, but I want to pray for you. If you want to be part of this, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand if you want to be part of this blessing. But I want to pray for everyone who will stand, who is able to stand. I want to pray for you that God would bless you.
in a special and powerful way. But as, as I'm praying for you, I'm wondering if maybe you would recommit your life to the Lord. In your heart, would you say to God, Heavenly Father, I'm your daughter, I'm your son, I'm recommitting my life to you. I'm drawing in close to you. I'm giving you again my life. My life is yours to control, Lord. Would you recommit your life? If you're here today and you're not born again or you're just not sure, then from your heart, your heart of hearts, would you repent of your sin? And that repent, that word repent, has the idea you're going to turn your back on your sin. You see, at one point you loved your sin. Now you realize it's taken you to hell. So you want to change your mind about this. You want to turn your back on that sin. And you want to face Jesus Christ and ask Him to forgive your sin and come in your heart. Be your Savior. Would you do that today? Today can be your best day. Hmm. Now I would like to pray for you. And if you would like to be part of this prayer, this blessing, would you stand to your feet right now? Stand up right now and bow your head. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.